Hey all, and welcome to the second episode of All of Them Witches, hosted by me, Marcus. So I did the pilot episode and, you know, asked for feedback and then immediately started to record this episode. So uh, any feedback that anyone might have will not be addressed in this episode because at this time I have not heard it yet. So, oops. I just really, you know, I'm always watching horror movies, so I just wanted to hurry up and get something else recorded, get it in the can. So, you know, that's how it is. The movie I watched most recently is In Fabric, which is a 2019 release from director Peter Strickland. This is, you know, a bit of a interesting one for me because I think I mentioned in the pilot that I do not typically watch modern or recent horror films. And I've been trying to get better at that. And by getting better at that, I mean like literally watching movies that are very recent, which is definitely not in my normal wheelhouse. But when I heard about In Fabric, I was immediately like, what? I need to see this. And so I did. So I'm just going to play the trailer so you get a little glimpse into the world of In Fabric. Purchase on a horizon. I'm just looking, thank you. The hesitation in your voice, soon to be an echo in the recesses of the spheres of retail. The dress is your image, onto what you project through an illusion. I'm just going on a date. I don't normally wear this kind of thing. Be bold. Your date will compliment you. I would like you to announce the numbers to your telephone. 01632 960 7 and 7 8 and 8 6 and 6 and stop. As promised. Thank you. You look different. Oh my god, what's that? That looks nasty. Maybe just the washing powder. Oh, I hope it isn't catchy. How's it going, Sheila? Everything's fine. What happened to your hand? Washing machine went bananas. You who wear me will know me. What's that supposed to mean? It's just a cheap bit of mystery. I think something's wrong with that dress. Don't tell me you're scared of a dress. The dog ripped it to pieces. Spine spanking you almost. Such a pretty dress. <laughs> Anything nice in the sales? Just a dress. For those who are unfamiliar with In Fabric, the, you know, sort of overarching thing that is advertised all over the place for this film is that it's a movie about a killer dress. And that is all I needed to hear to be like, okay, sign me up. That's the movie I want to watch next. Fortunately, you know, it came out in theaters and it also came out very recently uh, digitally. So I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that because I do not typically go to a theater. Um, that's just my style. I don't really like it unless I'm going to a movie that I know I'm going to love, which is kind of hard to do unless you're like seeing something again. So anyway, I prefer to watch things at home on my own TV with my own surround system, you know, my own popcorn, that sort of thing. So anyway, I decided I needed to watch this. And so I went ahead with it. And 
So the basics of In Fabric are this movie starts out with this woman named Sheila. She's a single mother and she is looking to date basically. Um, she has a son named Vince and Vince is dating some girl named Gwen who is, you know, the mom and Gwen are not really seeing eye to eye. They don't really like each other. And so Sheila, like I said, she's looking for someone to date and she does it via like newspaper uh, confidential ads or whatever they're called because this movie seems to be trying to take place in like the 60s or 70s period somewhere in between there and so that's why she's doing that she's not like using okcupid or something anyway so she goes to this department store she's looking at the sale items and she sees this beautiful red dress and the you know attendant comes over and is like peppering her with compliments and saying like oh you're gonna love this the person you're going on a date with is gonna like think you're amazing when you wear this so Sheila's like yeah okay I'll get it it's on sale it's like 60% off of course I'll take it so she buys it and as all the press like material is put out about this being an evil killer dress or whatever that this purchase of this dress is the start of something terrible for poor Sheila and you know the movie goes from there where you sort of see the ability of this haunted dress which is funny to say. I just love. I just love that. Um, without going into spoilers, it's. I can say that this film is not super campy, as you might think it would be. Like with that premise, it tries to take itself mostly very seriously, um, but it's also a bit of a black comedy because there's definitely some humorous elements to it. Um, stuff that's definitely very absurd that happens, but it is definitely not to the degree where it's trying to be, you know, all out and out a camp romp it is not that kind of film it's definitely trying to be more of a brooding black comedy i guess i'm gonna say unfortunately i did not love this movie like i hoped i would it just you know it seemed like it would check off so many boxes for me obviously i love weird horror movies killer dress is in there you know i've seen the movie with the killer bed you know killer tire film which i can't remember the names but you know what they are if you're a horror fan you know what these films are and so I was like, why is this not doing it for me? And I don't really know. I think it might be because it's a bit too serious in a way. It's a bit too much on that sort of like a, it feels very much like a 60s or 70s horror film, actually, not just in regards to that it's set in that time period, but how it feels, how it shows itself. It doesn't try to be, it doesn't act like anything that's happening is strange even though clearly for the viewer what you're seeing is very abnormal and that's fine it just for me it didn't quite hit and for other people it definitely is i've been seeing rave reviews for this and that is awesome i'm glad they're you know having their cake and eating it too within fabric i had never seen a peter strickland film before i had never seen a barbarian sound studio or anything like that or the duke of burgundy i haven't seen still on my watch list yes but i guess I don't know like if this is how all of his films are they might be um, I've heard some people say that other stuff is his is like harder to watch or not as enjoyable so maybe maybe this is like the best that he's got so far and that's why people are starting to really gravitate toward it um, but for me just not quite there for this film okay even though it is very recent very very recent um, I decided I cannot not talk about some stuff that's like spoilery about the movie just because it was very wild and, you know, I had a 
fun with it. So what I'm going to do for here is, okay, all of you've heard has not been spoiler-y, but from this point on on the episode, I'm just going to, you know, bulldoze right into the spoilers. So obviously um, stop listening if you have not seen this movie yet. And for people who have seen it, you can hear someone else's opinion on these bonkers things that happened, or at least to me they were bonkers, throughout the film and some of the later story elements. Okay, so this film, I think, you know, it's it's doing some weird stuff. And the weirdest thing to me, probably the most memorable scene for some people, is going to be when the sort of workers of the department store are doing this sort of this sort of lesbian-ish ritual with the mannequins from the store that model the dresses where the one woman basically sits on top of the face of the mannequin the other woman is like cleaning or maybe she's cleaning i don't remember but anyway they're cleaning this nude doll while this department store manager watches and it was just like I was like, okay, so we're doing this now. And it, you know, it just, it just amped itself up. One by one, things just went more and more off the rails for me for this. You know, it's when the one woman is pulling down the, like, panties for the mannequin and there's Bush. I'm like, what mannequin has that? And, of course, it's not supposed to be realistic, obviously. But it was still, like, a shock to me. I was like, what? And, you know, as you watch the, the guy who's watching them do this, and it's like, well, what is he doing? Until it becomes, you know, he's like, oh... He's going to like fap. Fine. Whatever. I guess they have this weird relationship going on. But it's like, okay. And then suddenly the mannequin also has like a vagina. And and it's like bleeding. And I was like, what? What is happening? Why? So that gave me some thoughts. And of course, the real cap to this whole thing is when the man comes. And there's like this triple cum shot. You just keep seeing it flying through the air. It doesn't look like cum, really. I mean, obviously it's not really that, but it, it kind of looks weird. And that just, I was like, okay, I this has gone beyond and I cannot deal with it anymore. Especially because he was so old. I'm like, he's still, he's still virile, I guess that happened. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I was not into it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't like that that old man I didn't I mean I didn't really like the mannequin stuff either but whatever and it made me sad because so the mannequin like the way they did this it made it seem like the mannequin was kind of alive if it's able to like bleed but there was never anything more like about the mannequins potentially being alive or anything it's not like a house of wax situation where people are turned into mannequins I think it didn't imply that to me anyway um but I kind of wish it was something more along those lines because I really love mannequins in horror movies I love that so much so I would have loved to see something more about a creepy mannequin other than like a not alive mannequin that's just like weirdly and anatomically correct it doesn't really do it for me but you know I didn't make this movie so I was wondering also you know what is the point of this scene for the film context is this ritual required to make the evil dresses like what is the what is the purpose of this is there a purpose um also i heard that the amazon digital version of the movie is uncensored as opposed to the uh release in theaters so i'm assuming that if this is uncensored that maybe part of this scene was censored um i don't know what would be like what the doll vagina uh the semen spurting 
<laughs> if I were going to censor something, that's what I would censor because it was ugly. It was gross. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So maybe some people who have seen it in theaters will have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know. Or maybe something else was censored, but I don't know it would be. I guess there's sex in the movie, but it's not very graphic. And it's kind of comedic, so I don't know that that would be censored. Oh, well. So that was one really key scene to me that I was like, well, then, that's something. But another thing that really, like, at least at the time, I was sort of very amused and excited at this point was when you first see the red dress move on its own. I was like, okay, this isn't just like a haunted dress. This is alive. This dress is alive. And okay, maybe that's not what they intended to say with that, but that's what I got from it. This dress is alive, dude. It is a living creature and it can kill you. And so that was very fun to me just to see this dress moving about on its own and like floating in the air. And that's like the spooky thing is that there's a dress floating in midair. So that was fun. I like that visual, if nothing else. And I also don't remember if the dress actually killed Gwen or it just, I think it just scared her because it like, went on her face and tried to smother her but then she was fine so I don't know but thought that was fun I like that the dress is like always coming back like a cursed item you can't get rid of it no matter what you do even if it gets destroyed it's not destroyed it's like back and perfectly good as new so I thought that was fun and then after Sheila dies then you get into this like second story with this guy Reg and his soon-to-be wife Babs and I don't know that I enjoy, see, I don't know that I enjoyed that. It was kind of like two stories in one. I was more interested in Sheila's plight and her story and meeting some guy and that nice dude and all that stuff. I didn't like how she just, you know, spontaneously was killed, but whatever, right? The second story, you know, still carries on. It's that same cursed dress being forced on Reg to wear for his, like, stag's night. And that, it's like, do they really, what? Would you really do that? Like, I don't know. Maybe. But he was so, he just seemed like he was very unhappy with all that was going on. And like, these people are not really his friends. They're just like jerks to him, uh, making fun of him, bullying him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But anyway, so Reg is just like a washing machine dude. And his, his like rambles on washing machine stuff were fine. I didn't see any problem with them. Like when he was talking, I was listening. I'm like, okay, whatever. That could probably make sense if I knew anything about washing machines. But for whatever reason, whenever he starts talking about washing machines, people like go into a trance or something. I don't know. It's like, what is this? I, and that's like the part where it's like, this is supposed to be funny, I assume, because I don't know how else it should be read. But I didn't get it because I'm like, well, what is the big deal? Like, I can listen to people talk about stuff that I don't understand at all. And I can still listen and, you know, maybe get pieces of it. I'm not like zoning out into a crazy trance. I don't know. But anyway, I liked Reg. I thought he was a nice guy who's just trying to like do his job. But then he gets killed off unceremoniously as well. And it's like, oh, well, he's dead now. Now there's only his like girlfriend, fiance, Babs. And she just goes back to the dress shop and gets like harassed because she's not wearing the right clothes or whatever for the fancy dress shop. And then she just gets killed too. Very, you know, you don't really know much about her until she's just like, boom. I was stuck in a dressing room and I died. To me, that seems a little bit anticlimactic. The thing I did enjoy was that when this department store is on fire, everyone is just going crazy because they were already pissed off. Like these girls were fighting and then everyone starts fighting and stealing shit from the department store. 
So why not do that while Babs is dying, like, in the corner? Because no one knows she's there. <laughs> and then at the end, you know, it's like, oh, the whole store is destroyed, but the dress is still there untouched. So I thought, it was, you know, there were definitely fun moments, definitely moments that made me go like, what? And I do appreciate that. But if that's all there is, I don't personally love it. I like to see something that I really feel connected with the characters throughout or something that is showing me something that's very frightening. Obviously, this is not frightening at all. Uh, you know, even though it does have some style that makes it seem more like a quote-unquote respectable horror film, something that might truly scare audiences. Nothing about this is scary, but it is interesting at least. It's trying something different, and I appreciate that. I did really love the sort of aesthetic of the film, the the focus on a lot of sort of like these print magazines with the ads for the clothing on them, um, the commercial with this weird trippy like cult-like thing going on, and that song that goes with the commercial is great. I could not find a little clip of it just like on YouTube, but I want it because that's a great like sound. It's such a simple little song riff, and I love it. I just I would play that forever. Either way, um, I was fine with it. I think that some people are going to really love this movie and that's awesome and I wish I wish I loved it. I wish I did because there are so many things going for it that I should love. I love the idea of a killer dress. I love the aesthetic and some of those musical flourishes are very good. It's just I could not really connect with it. I could not really feel like I was in the world of the film because it is so off kilter. I didn't really... Be able, I wasn't able to shut my brain off and just enjoy the movie. Oh well, bad. too bad for me. That's all I've watched so far. Um, I hope that I can start watching some other Vinegar Cinder movies soon. I got a big order from their Black Friday sale, so I would like to get some of those reviewed because there's, I think there are some winners in there. I could be wrong, but we shall see. So thank you for listening to this second episode of All of Them Witches. And I'll see you again soon.